Welcome to Ask Andy featuring Andrew Redleaf. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs. It's Monday morning the 13th, uh, a little bit before the market opening. I wanted to quickly put something up regarding the events of the last few days, the failure of Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, the previous voluntary closure and rundown of Silvergate. The first point that I think should be said and maybe not said uh, loudly enough or uh, strongly enough or persuasively enough is that this is not uh, 2008. There will be analogies and certainly the one common element is fear and the hoarding of liquidity. But that said, there are very, very important differences. The first, as I wrote at the time and said at the time, 08, unlike 98 and unlike you know, sort of previous squalls, was a crisis of opacity and solvency. It was both that pretty much all of the major financial institutions in the world were very possibly insolvent, and also one could not tell whether they were or they weren't. There was just no sort of way one could get to what they owned and what they owned was worse. Today, the situation is quite a bit different. This is, you know, at the banks that have been closed, it's a classic run. And what's a little unusual is it's in the absence of credit problems. The Silicon Valley Bank had interest rate exposure, but their losses were in government securities. So not a credit issue, but an interest rate issue, and then a depositor issue. The common thread between the three banks, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Silvergate, is uh, deposit concentration and a very high percentage of uninsured deposits. As everyone is probably aware at this point, the government has backstopped all the deposits at both Signature Bank of New York and Silicon Valley Bank. And I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence that the government will not lose money, at least in backing these deposits. So both these banks are not massively insolvent. It may be that their bondholders do not get paid back uh, in full, but their assets will cover all of their deposit liabilities. Another, you know, sort of contrast, a large contributor to the great financial crisis was um, the sloppy liquidation of Lehman Brothers, the rather quick disorderly sale of a trillion dollars in assets. Again, won't be the case here. The Silicon Valley Bank has a loan book of $75 billion against their $175 billion of deposits, and the, and the balance is liquid government stuff. At this point, nobody's hugely interested in their loan book because, as in all liquidity crises, people are and will be hoarding liquidity, so nobody particularly wants Silicon Valley Bank's loan book, I think, at this point. But the government can run it in runoff mode and liquidation mode, 
and I don't believe there are serious problems in their loan book, and therefore the government will not lose money in making deposits good. And I'd be shocked if there isn't recovery for bondholders, though perhaps not not 100 cents, and conceivably even for preferred and equity holders. I said before, 08 was a crisis of opacity. There is a lot of publicly available information on uh, regulated depository institutions, essentially banks. So we know the balance sheet and the major components of both the assets and the liabilities of regulated banks. One can infer in the securities portion of their assets, one can infer the duration from their change in value from quarter to quarter. One knows the aggregate yield on a bank's book, and one also knows uh, the aggregate cost of their deposits, though obviously the deposits situation is fluid. I think what these failures make abundantly clear, as I sort of said, you know, within this tightening cycle, the zero to two to three range had no economic effect and was a gift from the federal government to uh, insured depository institutions with sort of no real cost to anybody else other than in the, you know, sort of very long run as taxpayers and stakeholders in the country. Then the move from, you know, two and a half to four and a half had real economic effects. It killed the housing market. It vaporized much of the equity in the commercial office space, and it had real teeth. I said at the time that, you know, the next move, a move from, I don't know where, four and a half to certainly six, but maybe five, and things would start to break. So the Fed's rhetoric was that they would go above five. Uh, The market said that they would go above five. And sure enough, we see things breaking. It is the nature of liquidity crises that they are solvable by the injection of liquidity, which is not the case for failed business models and insolvency. So it seems likely to me that notwithstanding the liquidity injections that we're going to see, financial conditions will be tight going forward. And the net effect of the Silicon Valley Bank failure is not so much, you know, almost a 100 basis point move in the two-year treasury bond right now. But notwithstanding that, credit conditions, credit standards are going to be tighter. And there will be, you know, a slew of assets that banks don't want to touch. Banks will be more circumspect in the unsecured lending to wealthy individuals and even more circumspect in the lending to startups and new enterprises. Again, this is Monday morning, the 13th. To recycle a phrase from the Nixon administration, there is a chance that, as they say, this will be inoperable by this afternoon or certainly uh, Wednesday or Friday, in which case I will come back and deny I ever said anything. But again, the final takeaway is that given the tightening 
of credit conditions that I think is inevitable and will be somewhat persistent, you know, so not cured immediately by either a rate cut, which I actually don't see, or special facilities designed to inject liquidity. That tightening is a depressant on the economy, and I think the odds of a mild recession have gone up very meaningfully, but we absolutely should not see a financial crisis, a great recession, or anything of that ilk. So until the next couple of weeks or till things change, thank you for listening, and I always welcome invite questions and comments. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Ask Andy. If you would like to submit a question, please email askandypodcast at gmail.com. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs.